0: You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, Internet? It's Brandon. And it's Frank. That's right, Frank. Forget Alex. (laughs) We got you now. And we're Filmmakers. And we're drinking bourbon. Cheers. Uh, Let me get a sip in here. Mm. We're still finishing off this bottle of... Jesse James, the original Jesse James, the man who was killed by the man who's not worth being spoken of. That's what the bottle says. So uh, so glad to be back, as always, on the show. Frank, how you doing, man? Been busy, but it's, good. It's the first time, uh, is this the first time you've been on this side of the glass, just me and you? Just me and you, yes. Because you and Alex had a moment when my dog almost died. Yep. Correct? Do you remember yes. that? Yes, I do. You came in the room and you said, talk about lighting. Yep. That was good. So, uh, well, this week we've got some fun, exciting stuff. We, as always, love to connect with our listeners and those who uh, regularly hang out with us in the FDB Slack group. If you're not in the FDB Slack group, you can go to FDBpodcast.com or, uh, you know, find us on the internets and uh, join our Slack group. We'll get you uh, in there and talking about all things filmmaking. And so, Frank, if I'm correct... You've maybe lined something up with one of our Slack members? That's true. So who, who do we got that we're going to be dialing in here in a minute? We have John Paul. John Paul, okay.
1: And he's from where? He is from Lafayette, Louisiana.
0: All right, L.A. He's from L.A. So let's, uh, let's see if we can dial down there. There may not be a connection because Louisiana is uh, behind the times, down in the swamps and the hollers. So we'll have to see what happens. Let's try it out. Jay, jp are you there yeah i'm sorry i'm on my swamp phone Can you hear me? <laughs> what's up man i'm so glad you so you, the swamp phone is working uh yeah so let's cut right to the chase you are in the slack group correct yeah that's right
2: i'm oh. in the slack group a awesome. little bit of a lurker if i'm going to be honest
0: with you. <laughs> nice and so how long have you been in how long have you been listening or how did you just find out about the show or tell, give us a little uh nah,
2: nah, buddy of mine told me about you guys i guess uh maybe i don't know not long after you guys started i think i've listened to every episode actually nice um, awesome i got a long commute so you guys are on my <laughs> subscribe list on itunes and i just you know, all I do is listen to podcasts, mostly filmmaking podcasts.
0: And, awesome. Um,
2: so, yeah, I've, I've heard them all.
0: That's great, man. Cool. Well, it's cool to be on. It's kind of weird, yeah. You know? Yeah, well, we're super stoked to have you on. So I am told, Frank tells me that you you go by JP. That's that's correct, right? That's right, yeah. Most but people your, on JP but your name is John. John Paul. John Paul. Yeah, John Paul Summers, yeah. So never John, always John Paul.
2: I mean, so like in school, I would get the whole John on the roll call thing, you know. But yeah, always John Paul my whole life. That's like J. a that's like yeah.
0: a Southern thing, right? The two name thing.
2: Uh, I guess so. I'm not sure. I but think it I is. Mean,
0: yeah, like Annabelle, a Jimmy. Annabelle, one
2: name. Jimmy Dean. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Dean would be uh, two names. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, no, I mean uh, that's a, you know it's a a lot of people because down here there's a lot of like Cajun French names. Yeah, you know, yeah. so a lot of people will call me Jean Paul, which is another pet peeve of mine. Because nice, my name is like John Paul. You know, got it. I got it. But
0: well, I'll tell you yeah. what, we 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 are going to have to refer to you something other than JP because if you've listened to okay. the show, we've had a prominent member, and that's my mm-hmm. neighbor, mm-hmm. who he goes by the yeah. neighbor JP. And yeah. he's, you know, so we're going to have to call you either the other JP or, uh, Swamp JP, <laughs> you know, JP, the DP, JP, the, JP DP. the DP. All right. That'll work. Yeah. JP, the DP. So that's actually my Instagram handle. Nice. For everybody else. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Check him out. JP, the DP. That works for me. So JP, tell us, what is it that you do? Uh, clearly the name gives it away that with the DP, but, uh, where do you do this at? Are you where in Louisiana are you? Are you literally in New Orleans? Are you in uh West Lafayette? I've been there before, by the way. Oh, you've and, been to Lafayette before? I was uh, I think I was in I was mudding in a truck in West Lafayette at, <laughs> in, at some point in my life. I, I'm not making this up.
2: That's incredible. Yeah, I yeah. used to go mudding in high school. I had a Jeep, and that's something that we did. Hell yeah, from the country and all.
0: You got a no, mud.
2: I'm uh. I actually live in a town called Abbeyville, which is outside of Lafayette, and my office for my business is in Lafayette. We're about, I guess, two hours uh, west of New Orleans. Okay. New Orleans is a is a decent little production town, but Lafayette's, I mean, almost a, a non film market, really. You know, like we uh, there's some agency work and and that sort of stuff, but we own and operate like a small production company in Lafayette. Sure. Uh, you know, try and do cool stuff.
0: Now, there's some there's some other stuff in Louisiana, like Shreveport, right? There's some other production things. I think there's a big post house down there somewhere, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, from what I understand, a few years back, Louisiana had more films than LA. Um, that was driven like big by the tax credits, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a lot of production. I, a lot of my crew comes out of New Orleans since it's two hours away. There's a lot of great you know, grips and gaffers and, uh, assistant camera people. And there's a great pool of crew out of new Orleans that I love to work with. Um, but as far as like in Lafayette proper, like, you know, the closest rental house is I think new Orleans or Baton Rouge. So
3: gotcha. um, that
2: kind of forces us to like own all of our own gear and, uh, do all that stuff. So it's, it's a little bit different than the experience you have trying to be a cinematographer in you know, LA or New York or a production town, even new Orleans, you know? Sure. Um, so it's a little different. So give
0: us a little a little bit of the landscape there in Lafayette. So I one of my favorite documentaries, you may have seen it, it's called Searching for the The Wrong Eyed Jesus.
2: No, I haven't seen that. Oh it man, you check should it check it out.
0: this out. Uh, it's all about sort of this mystical land of Louisiana with this, you know, just sort of the the, the swampiness and the sort of the history and the people and uh, religion, and it's just this. It's interesting, man. You should check it out. It's um, it's really, really interesting.
2: So we're actually, like, Lafayette is sort of the center of, or, you know, the northernmost part of, like, where the actual Cajun people are from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people think Cajun is, like, all of South Louisiana, but it's actually this, like, little area called Acadiana. And uh, it's one of the last surviving, like, real cultures in the United States. Like, it's a very distinct culture that's very different than – you know the u.s at large i guess so it's it's a really interesting place it's a great place to be an artist there's a lot of uh great folks around here great community um you know definitely like some religious elements like ingrained deep into the culture and to the festivals and all that jazz it's a cool place
0: yeah yeah so you guys got any big tent revivals down there you got any uh (laughs) any any revivals happening (laughs)
2: uh i don't know i mean i don't know i don't i don't really participate in the big Ten revival <laughs> but i'm sure that's i'm sure that stuff happens. we're actually the highest concentration of catholics in the united states down here yeah. in louisiana and um actually our our culture the cajuns were exiled from nova scotia and there's a bunch of uh catholic folks that ended up down here in louisiana some way somehow and that sort of um you Know where the Cajun culture comes from, so it's pretty interesting.
0: Well, that sounds like a lot of people need to be saved, you know what I'm saying? In yeah, those tents. so uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's 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 talk more about you know what you do. So, what kind of you're in a smaller market, you're close, yeah. you know, somewhat close to a large market with, with New Orleans. Um, what kind right. of projects are you working on? Tell us a little bit about how you came to be. Did you just start your business out of nowhere? Did you work at another shop and then start your business? Just give us a little bit yeah. of, the, of the story.
2: Well, I mean, I, I did the the typical, like, college kid by, uh, I bought a DVX and a Mac Pro and would make wedding videos and high school football videos and that sort of jazz, you know what I mean? Awesome. Um, I, I took some filmmaking classes in college, and I graduated from our, our local university, uh, UL, um, with a degree in broadcasting. And uh, I was an editor for a local video shop, and um, they were really good folks, great guys, but it just got to a point where it's like, I don't want to make cheesy local commercials forever you right, know what I mean right. and um there was at the time like Vimeo was this sort of you know you'd see all this amazing work that I wasn't exposed to before and I was like man that's what I want to do like with my life you know yeah um so I I started Infinite Focus almost five years ago now um with really no clue whatsoever what I was doing and I I I didn't even realize, like, I didn't honestly know what a cinematographer even was or that you could be one outside of Hollywood. Like, to me, that was, like, so foreign, you know? Um, So I started a video production company. And uh, we started doing, like, client work, you know, your standard corporate talking head documentary stuff, you know? Yep. Um, And about two years ago, I uh, did my first music video with, like, actors and a plot and lighting and i was like man this is what i've been wanting to do all this time you know what i mean yeah and i kind of gotten to this point where it's like i had this dream as a kid of making movies and i wasn't any closer to that uh you know three years into starting my business as i was when i started and then i kind of started to take cinematography more seriously and uh i you know, stupidly just went and told everybody that I was a DP, even though in reality I wasn't actually. <laughs> um, my first gig that I got hired as a DP for someone else was this, uh, political commercial. Right. Yeah. And, um, and the guy was like, so I'm going to let you talk to the gaffer. I didn't honestly didn't even know what a gaffer was. was like, I will let you talk to the gaffer. And then I Googled what a gaffer was and found out there that people who do the lights and stuff. And, um, <laughs> so, so I was, uh, I remember there was a name for a certain light that people used called an HMI, right? Yeah. And (laughs) and so, like, to pretend like I knew what I was talking about, I asked if he could bring HMIs. And he was like, yeah, that's great. It's fine, whatever. So he brought HMIs, and we get on set, and I'm asking him, like, hey, can you set, you know, an HMI there, and da-da-da-da, like, totally faking, like I know what I'm talking about. And then he strikes the light, and I'm like, why? In my mind, I'm like, why is it so... (laughs) blue like why why is this light not look like all the lights i've used before you know what i mean and that's when i learned that hmi was daylight balance you know but i totally like didn't let on so that's how little i knew about cinematography when i started telling people i was a cinematographer um and then since then it's been just uh we do a lot of client work with infinite focus is the name of our shop um so we do a lot of like work directly for clients. Cause when you live in a market that's much smaller, a lot sure. of clients are going outside of the ad agency. They come to us for the creative and the whole bit, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, you know, we'll take a client and the only thing they say is, Hey, we want a commercial and we're like, okay, great. So we'll develop the idea, write the script. <clears throat> we'll book the actors, bring in a director if we have to. Um, we'll get the locations. We'll uh, manage all the pre-production, production and post-production, you know, Turnkey sort of deal, um, and so we do a lot of that. And then also, I personally do a lot now as a freelance cinematographer. Um, I've learned a, what an HMI is now, and uh, <laughs> and yeah. So so we do everything from like turnkey client work. We do some work with ad agencies. It's, it's just sort of a. It's almost you know a, a business in a market like this is almost like being a freelancer for a whole production company. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's like the whole company is a freelance company, basically. So,
0: gotcha. um, but it's good. I really, really love it. That's cool. So you guys operate a lot like a, almost like a f- part of a full service agency as well. I mean, you're doing you're doing the full deal. Right. And not, okay. Cool. Now, do, right. y- do you guys? Which is
2: pretty typical, I think, for guys starting out like us. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: and I think in small markets, it's you know it's typical as well. In larger markets, there's there's more, you know, uh, work to be divvied up. So you've got you know agencies, exactly. and people, and you got your freelance community, your production community, you know kind of r- works around but is um would you say that 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 journey for you has been has come pretty natural? Was there any major struggles along the way, any any major uh, learning points? Like what would be a, you know, a good takeaway for somebody thinking about starting a business?
2: Well, I mean, I will say that uh being a good like video maker does not make you a good business person, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, the other thing too, is iron sharpens iron. You know, um, I wish if, if I was talking to someone getting started, I would, you know, if they're in a small market, I think it's actually a great idea to start a production company because that's what your market demands. You know what I mean? And people are going to be looking for that. And it's a good way to make a living doing work that you can control, which is great. There's a lot of creative control in smaller markets, which is a huge advantage. In fact, like oftentimes, once we talk to the client, like they don't even (laughs) care about the script or show up on set or even look at the edits until we have something that's pretty final. You know what I mean? Right. Um, So there's a lot of freedom there, but um, I, I really would encourage, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine last night who's, who wants to go full time and do his own thing. It's like, man, freelance, you know, go PA on other people's sets and grip grip on other people's sets, be a camera operator, be a DP, like work with, other people and expose yourself to other people's workflows. Like I think if you're going to do a small production company, if that, you know, if, if you have to make a living and that's the way to do it, that's great. Um, but also expose yourself to as much other creative folks as you can. But so it's, you know, the filmmaking industry is so communal and so friendly and welcoming and people are generally very, very cool, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so I really like a lot of people like, it's easy to like see someone who's doing work and you think like, Oh man, that's really dope. And then put them on a pedestal and like think that they would, you know, are busy or don't want to talk. But like, I mean, people are really genuinely pretty open to you being involved, you know, if you're a hustler.
0: Yeah. Um, That's that's great feedback, man. And I think it's, it's cool to hear, you know, from a guy like you in a market like Lafayette, who was able to kind of, you know, do his own thing and and find a way to, to be happy doing it. And, create content. Yeah. I, I think what you said about freedom is real important. Um, so I think for the yeah. listeners, you know, you can chase a lot of things in this world, you know, whether that be, you know, status, you want recognition, you want money, whatever that might be. Um, but there is something that I've learned that comes with freedom that is, I think, worth more than than all of those things um, combined. Oh, absolutely. And So to have the ability to do the projects you want to do, and work with the clients you want to work with, and say yes to the stuff you want to do, no to the stuff you don't want to do. is just such a valuable asset to mm-hmm. to be in that type of position. So I think it's interesting to hear from your perspective that 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 you know that's one of the advantages of being in a smaller market because you're the on, you're you're the only game in town, or <laughs> or one of the yeah. you know, one of the only you know two people in town. Um, so that's an interesting perspective. So. Uh, they,
2: and if you're self-driven, you know, like the expectations being so low can actually be really great if you're self-driven because no matter what you do, you're exceeding expectations, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. you you know, and it, it's, there's sort of like uh, this magic to what you do where the client doesn't really get it
0: in right. a
2: way. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, <laughs> but like <laughs> you can like, you you show up with something that's like infinitely better than they could have asked for because they didn't even know to ask for it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But a lot of that comes from you. Like the the clients aren't going to demand that of you in a smaller market. You know, yeah. you have to demand that of yourself. So it's a give and take. But if you're driven, it's it can be a really interesting space to grow in.
0: You that, know, that's cool, man. And I, I was able to check out some of your work. I really uh, was digging on that uh, that rum piece. Oh yeah, uh, that was <laughs> that a, was uh, that was a fun little bit.
2: Yeah, man. That was like the we that was the first time we rented a, a Red Epic, and now we own one. But we we rented one and i was we basically put the camera on a doorway dolly and just rolled it around new orleans Mm -hmm. um for a couple days and you know literally like it's so funny like when you look back like how little we knew what we were doing like we just didn't even have like just two guys running around like shooting stuff on a red in new orleans and it turned out great
0: you know yeah no Um, i thought it was really great (laughs) <laughs> um, so so you mentioned things about film you mentioned film a couple times are you, are you experimenting do you have any are you wanting to do a, a feature or a short have you done anything like that
2: yeah I mean I've done plenty I've done handfuls of shorts you know like the standard fare um, I have friends who are directors who do shorts and I love doing that stuff you know um, I'm, I've done I've, I've been like a second DP for a feature that was doing a bunch of reshoots and uh, their first DP dropped out on them Um, and then I have a feature lined up this summer. Um, hopefully another feature lined up at the end of the year as both as DPs. Um, I'm shooting a TV pilot next, uh, weekend, um, for five days. And I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I stay busy with as much as I can, you know what I mean? We have a great community of people who are trying to create really compelling content. Um, and the nice thing is it's kind of like a, a small pond, you know? So, a lot of people approach me with projects that are interesting, and, and I get to do a lot of different things, which is really great, you know. But I try and – I really actually genuinely love commercials. Like, if I won the lottery, I would still do commercials. I really love them. Um, I, I love short-form stuff. Like, I'm really ADD, so um, being able to focus on something really, really hard for a few weeks and then move on is really great. I love it,
0: you know. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, for what's the future hold for you? Are you are you Lafayette for life or are you do you see yourself, you know, dabbling into larger markets? Um have you thought about that or
2: Yeah, I mean I think about it a lot. I'm I'm married and I have four children. Um and my business partner also has four kids. And so my roots are pretty deep. I I, I would only move if like the money <laughs> was calling me away, you know what I yeah. mean? Um I do want to work in bigger markets. I think we live in a great world now where people can, you know, like I can fly anywhere in the world and shoot, you know? In fact, I have a project coming up where we're shooting in five different countries. Um, and and nowadays it's not so much, I mean, obviously I think there are certain advantages to living in a bigger market and just being boots on the ground in that community. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm really focused on my family and making sure that my kids have, you know, like we live near my in-laws and near my parents, and they have a great little community life going on. And and I wouldn't want to uproot them at the cost, you know, for my career. I guess. Yeah. Um. And having kids is really great because it keeps you grounded and, and makes your goals like very concrete. So it's, everything that I do in my career has to has to be directed. You know what I mean? I right, can't just yeah. like take take any risk just because I feel like if I was single, I would be doing free gigs. 24 seven, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, um, but as a dad, it really kind of has to keep you grounded. Um, I, I, I definitely, I mean, my goal is I want to be a studio DP one day, you know, like I want to shoot fucking star Wars. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Uh, <laughs>
0: there's there's but, no,
2: <laughs> no rules. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, We're I want to shoot, uh, I want to shoot star Wars one day, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I also want to make, you know, I want to make work that I'm proud of and that's good. I want to be one of the best cinematographers on the planet. I mean, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Whether or not I can get yeah. there, I'm not sure, but um there's so many talented people in the world who are all working, you know, as hard or harder than me. Um but as long as I can pay my bills with a camera, I mean, I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. You know, what I mean? it's insane.
0: That's great. That's um, that's and that's great feedback, man. And I think in a lot of ways we all forget that, you know. I think I often do as well. You know, we look back and you know we're always pushing for the next thing you know we're launching the yep. new brand we're getting the yep. new project we want to get the new award we want to get the new client and we never look back on on what we've actually achieved and we never look at what we actually yep. have and I think when you take inventory of of what you have achieved in your life when you look at your family and your kids and, and yep. sort of those type of things and the intangible things like the freedom and you know to to kind of do things your way and those sort of deals I think it's it it is a moment that you kind of just got to sit back and realize wow like I'm pretty lucky you know all of yeah, us absolutely. all of us in this community we make a living by being creative and there's a lot of people who make a living by you know doing really hard labor or yeah. by doing really redundant work on some assembly line yeah. and you know we we take for granted that some of our biggest problems are deciding you know will we shoot on the airy or the red? Right. Right. (laughs) And, uh,
2: and that's, yeah, it's so true, man. Like a a lot of times it's easy, especially like in the cinematography world to like start talking about like Alexa minis and like Panavision G series anamorphics and like all the cool stuff. I guess like I've learned to be patient. You know what I mean? Like right now I, you know, I shoot on a red Epic with Rokinon lenses. Like that's our in-house kit. Um, and every once in a while I get to do something that expands my experiences. Like, you know, I shot cooks last month for the first time and that was really cool. And I get to shoot anamorphic for the first time this month, which is going to be really cool. You know, like, right. I, I guess like, I'm not so worried about doing everything right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one, one day I'll show up on set and I'll have four Alexa minis. all will i out with G series anamorphics and I'll have 18 K's on a condor. Like that's, it's physics, man. It's cause and effect. Like, if you keep doing good work, it, it it pays off in time, and you just have to, like, be committed to the long game and not worry so much about, you know, just because there's some 22-year-old who's already doing that doesn't mean that, like, the work I'm doing isn't leading up to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some things
0: just take time. That's great, man. That's great advice, and I think, you know, you're... I don't know how old you are, but you you're sounding much wiser than than many of us old <laughs> old cats here. I'm, uh, I'm 30. I just turned
2: 30, and I've got four kids. You know, yeah, I'm like you uh, are
0: you are old. Getting man. it, getting it. Yeah. Four <laughs> kids at 30. You're going for it. Yeah, yeah man. But not, I, I do really appreciate the sentiments. I think that um, you know, it is it is uh, it's tough. You know, sometimes when you play the game of comparison, you know, no one really wins yeah. that game, right? Because there's always exactly. somebody. You know, you you finally make it to the Red or the C three hundred Mark two, and you've got yeah. you know kids behind you still trying to figure out the five D, and then you've got right. people ahead of you who are like, Psh, why are you guys shooting on Chump Change? You know, I'm shooting right. on the next the next best thing, the the twenty K series that's not even out yet or whatever. Um, right. So you you never win the game of comparison, and so you, you know I encourage you know those listening. You know, whatever market you're in, wherever you're at on a crew position, whatever camera you're shooting with, just stop comparing yourself to other people. Focus on yeah. what it is you're doing, do it well, have fun and That's uh a hundred percent. I think uh JP the D P had some some good words for us, man. So what's uh <laughs> what do you uh what are you watching these days? Man, um
2: we live in a crazy time where there's more good stuff to watch than you can possibly watch. You know what I mean? True story. Um, what am I watching right now? To be honest, the I've been not watching much. So, my wife and I watch New Girl together.
0: Gotcha. Um, yep. Which is
2: hilarious. Yeah, it's um, fun. As me, far and, as
0: like, me and my wife watch that too.
2: Yeah. Um, as far as great TV, man, Westworld's
0: amazing. Um, yeah, it was I think a f- it's fun ride. The art direction is. Like mind-bogglingly good. Yeah. Um, By the way, he, he's not dead. That was his robot, right? Homeboy, <laughs> I not, think so. Homeboy's not yeah. dead. he's still alive. No, I agree. I
2: agree. <laughs> he's too smart for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, but I mean, dude. I mean, oh, golly, I don't know. There's so much good TV. I can't even yeah. begin to name all the good shows. I really love Chef's Table. That's one of those oh, shows. Oh, so that, good.
3: Like, and yeah.
2: I'm really, like, I'm not really, like, a travel doc kind of, like, guy typically. Yeah. Um. But the fact that they're able to do such a good job and make such compelling stories about sure. these people that I had no reason to care about before yeah. is really fascinating. Yeah, you know? it's definitely so, um,
0: food pornography. That's yeah. What yeah, oh, for so sure.
2: Good. And it's, like, it's, it's crazy because I never thought I would want to, like, go to that kind of restaurant. But now it's, like, I feel like I'm missing out yeah. if I don't do that, like, before <laughs> I die. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I've been digging. Uh, I've been watching a lot of um, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, yeah, his, dude, he's great. Yeah, his series that he did with CNN is killer, man. Uh, I forget what That's it's called. A food, badass. Uh, but yeah, his is interesting because it's like it's almost just as much travel as it is food, and they use the food as the mechanism to learn about the places they travel. And and I think he's yeah. he's kind of interesting because he kind of just doesn't give a shit, and he kind of he's he's willing to ask the tough question about like the problems of the area. Um, and I yeah. find that pretty interesting. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So what, what, what about, uh, you know, what are you working on? Anything interesting right now that's in the pipeline that, that you can talk about?
2: Yeah. I mean, I have a, um, a spot coming up for, uh, college that they're going to have one of their, um, I mean, I don't know how much you can say There's no like NDA or anything, but that's always weird to know what you can, can't talk about, but, uh, um, yeah there's a spot coming up where we're interviewing like an NFL star and we're like going to shoot it like anamorphic and do it like moody and make it cool. You know what I mean? Nice man. Um, and then I'm doing a TV pilot comedy thing uh, next weekend uh, with some friends that I think actually like, I don't know, like uh, everybody knows what it's like to do something. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm just kind of doing it. But I think this one can actually be good. Like it's Sweet. The skirt's really strong. So I'm stoked on it. Nice. And then um, just commercials, man, like, it, it, you know, the grind. So it's, oh, yeah. I've gotten to this cool point. It, I used to sit around and just really, like, freak the fuck out that I didn't have anything in the pipeline. Yep. You know, exactly. like, and be, like, really terrified that I was going to be, like, homeless. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I think we all know that, that feeling. <laughs> that phase is sort of starting to go away, and now it's like I am I have stuff in the in in the pipeline kind of consistently to yeah. the point where it's not as terrifying you know what i mean yeah. so that's that's re- that's a relief um That's good man No but i've always got something going and i have you know it's i've gotten to this point too where it's like um i think we all get through this go through a phase where we really wish we were doing something else than what we're doing right now you know what i mean like Yep You go on Instagram and, like, this guy is, like, shooting a a Nike ad or whatever. And uh, I've learned to just take a project, no matter what it is, and really try and pour myself into it and uh, get as much as I can out of every project, you know, even if it's not, like, my dream project, you know? Like, the other day, I I was shooting a political commercial that, you know, I'm never going to show anyone. But I really wanted to practice a certain kind of lighting, so I just took it as an opportunity to, like, an hour building this really intricate lighting setup that i don't want to do anyway you know what i mean yeah
0: that's great so i think the the thing that uh the people also don't realize is the guy on instagram that shot the nike commercial he hates the nike commercial you know what i mean <laughs> yeah he, he probably yeah. hates it and he's he was frustrated with the experience and the clients and now he's he's in torment because he's like personally he's like what now I, I always yep. wanted to shoot a Nike commercial, and I just did what now? And he's like, what now? he's lost. And he's, you know, he's yeah. defeated, and he's, you know, because he's not shooting Star Wars, right? And so, yeah, exactly. So I think again, yeah. it's that thing where, you know, it's tough, man. I think sometimes, you know, being a creative is kind of like, you know, ED. it's kind of like creative pe- depression, yeah, it's yeah. like being an addict, man. It's like, you know, you get that high, and then once it goes, you're just you're chasing the next thing, and so Absolutely. I think, um, you know, the more the more we're able to, you know, share these things and realize that as a community we all feel this sort of thing. I think the more we can realize that it's okay, and and we don't always have to be doing the next best thing. Sometimes we can just sort of sit in the the piece of what of what we're what we're where we're at. You know?
2: Yeah, and it sounds really trite, but it's also true. Is that there's there has to be a certain level of, like, discomfort with your own work. Like, you have to be able to recognize your mistakes, you know what I mean, and try and do better. But at the same time, like, you can't be chasing something that's, like, that you can't control. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, man. Um,
2: so I think it's 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 good to just, like, you know, like, I look at the stuff that you guys do, for instance. Like, go to loopframe.com and, like, you know, stuff that's, like, super – Dope, you know what I mean, <laughs> and i know I know that like you'll look at it a year from now and like hate it, you know what I mean yeah, like yeah you'll there'll be a part of you that's like proud of it, but then there's a part of you that just like knows that like it's not good enough, you know what I mean yeah um and but that's okay, like I think everybody's in the same boat, and we're all trying to i I think one thing that's important is to like pick your tribe well, you know, pick mm-hmm. other people who or trying to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like, if your goal is to build a big business and make money, then, like, pick people who are trying to do that. If your goal is to make insanely good content, then, like, pick people who want to do that, you know? Yeah. And then then when you're working with those people, like, one of the biggest blessings in my life, man, is we'll be doing, like, a local commercial that nobody's obliged to care about. But I'll find myself on set with, like, eight other people who give a lot of shits about doing this local commercial with me. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, like, if you can do that, then the journey is going to be so much more pleasant and rewarding and, you know, worth it, I think. so.
0: Yeah, no, that's good words, man. And I, and I think there's, you know, that, that community is a huge deal, man. I think everyone, every filmmaker knows what it's like. When you rap on set, it's like you've been at mm-hmm. summer camp. I mean, people are giving yeah. hugs, and it's like, oh, man, it's so good to work with you, you know, stay in yeah. touch, and there's, like, hugs and kisses all around. And, like, it's a weird thing that, like, people not in this industry don't understand. Like, yeah. when you go in 15 hours with a group of people with a dedicated goal, and then you say that's a rap, like, there's, like, blood that was shed on the floor, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. It's it's a it's a weird thing. It's an interesting Intimate sort of strange phenomenon that I don't see much in other industries. I mean, I've never seen people get that pumped up at a at a you know like a like at a market <laughs> in, in the marketing department of a corporation, right. you know, yeah, and they're right. just like yeah, sure. you know so excited that they launched you know X or Y brand and oh wow and you know I've just never witnessed that. But uh, there's something about when you bring in this band of gypsies and freelancers and artists and just sort of you know ragtag group that. They all, tra- it's like the Power Rangers, like everybody, build- Yeah, dude. everybody forms to build like this giant thing that doesn't exist without the whole and, and then it disappears and it goes away, you know, and then it's yeah. gone, it's gone until, I the- love it, man. It's, it's interesting. like
2: once you, once you get used to like being on set, like you said, it's like addictive, you know what I mean? Um, and there's something about like just working at such a high level with so many different people that's really unique, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, like having a really great art director who's killing it, and then having a great producer who's killing it, and then having a great director who's killing it, and then having a you know, like everybody's empowering one another to do something special, you know what I mean? Like it's sure. It's it's incredible. It's an awesome thing. I don't know if I could ever like it would be hard to imagine myself like, you know, punching keys in a cubicle now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I, I kinda like I really am trying to make this thing work so that i can keep doing it forever you know what that's I mean? great
0: man yeah well it, it's been a lot of fun to, to hear your story and i think it's encouraged you know some some listeners who maybe are in smaller sure. markets some people who are just getting started some that are thinking about starting their business and i think it's always great to hear from from listeners and hear what's happening with you where can people get connected to you
2: um, people can reach out to me any way they'd like. I'm on Facebook. You can just find me, John Paul Summers. I'm on Instagram at, uh, JP the DP. And then also, um, if you go to our website, you can get my personal cell phone number. People are more than able to just give me a ring or shoot me a text. Cool, um, man. That's TV, like television. So
0: that's awesome. you can see some of our work. Yeah. And, and, and as we said earlier in the, in the, uh, in the show, you are connected in the Slack group. What would you let, just from your point of view? What would you say to people who who you know th- don't aren't connected in that type of community? You know, what what good is is joining something like the the FDB Slack group? And there's other groups out there, but ours right. specifically, you know, what what have you seen? What kind of activity have you seen or participated in?
3: Well,
2: I think the thing that stands out to me the most is like the vetting that goes on. So like everybody, you guys watch everybody's reel and make sure that they're like legit before they join you know what i mean which i think that it can be really frustrating to like want to talk to somebody about equipment or an idea or feedback on a project or whatever gear recommendation whatever it is and like to know that you're getting information from other people who are like actually in the industry doing interesting work i think is is really compelling like a great spot to be cool yeah
0: well, that's great yeah. feedback. We we appreciate that. Yeah, we try to we try to make a point to make sure everyone's at least who they say that they are, and and again that we yeah. know, when we have those discussions and talk with people that you know, again, you know, we don't claim to be better than anybody else. It's just hey, we're all working filmmakers. I tell you right now, there's a, a quite a the talent pool in our Slack group. We've got like over yeah, about 120 people, and I can say I'd be happy to, to to work with any of them and and bring them on my crew or. or be you know uh, lucky enough to be um asked to, to be invited on their crew uh there's yeah, just really some great. amazing talent so it's, it's pretty cool and, and it's great to hear from from guys like you so thanks for coming on the show i'm glad yeah the, man, uh, i really appreciate it i'm glad that louisiana was able to uh you know increase their Represent. Bro- their broadband and their telephone connections dude
2: um, okay so we actually have fiber <laughs> and we have the fastest internet in the western hemisphere in lafayette louisiana that's
0: crazy yeah, so That's there happens. you go See? for
2: judging us. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> I'm,
0: hey, I'm, we're from Cincinnati. We're a flyover man. We're, we're yeah, we're there nobodies. you go. We're nobodies here. So, well, man, no, it was good nobody. chatting with you. And uh yeah, and we'll, we'll send people your way. And uh, if you're ever shooting in Cincinnati or vice versa, we'll uh, we'll holler at you and, and collaborate.
2: Yeah, hey, for real, this isn't just. You know, me being polite. If you're ever down here and you need something, like for sure, hit me up. I would love to help you guys with whatever.
0: Yeah, man, sounds good. We will definitely do that. All right, brother. All right, man. Take it easy. All uh, right, you too. Yep, Bye All right, man. What a what a great guy. Yeah, JP, the other J, JP, the DP. Yes, JP, not J, not the neighbor JP, but JP the DP. I think he had uh, a lot of great things to share. Is that, can you hear that? Yes, I can. Sorry. No, we, I can. Had a, we had a phone beeping. I don't know if you guys could hear that on the show. It may have just been in our headphones. Um, what do you think? What were some of the the, thing, the takeaways or the things that you that resonated with you? Frank? The
1: biggest thing is um, a mistake I made for about 10 years, which is um, – okay, let me start. Over. So the, uh, the fact that he uh, encourages people to go and work on other people's film sets yeah. is a mistake I made. Because I didn't do that. Sure, I spent ten years just like, oh, I know how to do this. I'll do it myself. As a one man crew, never stepped foot on anybody's film set until about two years ago, and a huge mistake I made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's good. What other takeaways? You got anything else that popped for you?
1: The um, not comparing yourself mm. to other people is really important. I know people still do it all the time, and I'll still sure I'll still do it. I think it's important to compare yourself to the the, the next step you want to take, but don't compare yourself like five right, steps up the right, ladder. Right. Yeah. You could drive yourself
0: mad that way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everybody is wants to, you know, see where they fit into the scheme of things. I mean, I think there's is a natural thing to kind of size size up your abilities and whatnot. But I think unchecked, it becomes extremely unhealthy.
1: Especially equipment. <laughs> like, you're never going to win you're the equipment. You're
0: never going to win the equipment war. You will yeah. always be out of date. As soon as you purchase it, you are out of date. Something else already dropped.
1: Yeah. Did your uh, C300 arrive yet?
0: I did. I got the C300 Mark II. I was able to – actually, it was um, pretty cool. I was able to sell both, I believe, both of the – no, sorry. One of the C100s uh, I was able to sell on the Slack group. So somebody out there is uh, shooting some cool stuff with it. And the other one was with a local film group on Facebook here in town. So um, those found Happy Homes. I'm excited. They're great cameras. They've done me well. And, yeah, the new C300 came in. And so I had Alex come over and uh, just kind of, you know, get me on board, you know, with some of the functionality and stuff. I mean, it's got a lot of a lot of stuff under the hood, you know. So, you yeah, gotta, it's a little bit different. It's, it's a little, you know, people would probably, you know, if you asked them, they would say that Brandon's a Canon fanboy for sure. Um, that's not really the case so much. I mean, it's just something I'm familiar with and it works. Um, it's reliable. I I really value reliability. And, um, my biggest beef with the C300 Mark II is I feel like the handle and the screen is a little clunky. Mm -hmm. It's a little vertical, um, to whereas the C100, it's all kind of packed right in there, kind of tucked in. So I was just kind of used to that, but now it's like, there's a little more bulk, um, but, you know, n- nothing horrible, but that was one of the things where I was like, eh, I wish it was a little tighter and a little more compact. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, it's it's basically the C100, you know. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's 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 there. I haven't shot anything on it yet, but it's there. It's packed nicely in a case. It's ready to go. It's good. I had to have a lens sent off, though. So I'm going to have to give a little flack to my boy Kyle, our designer at Leap Frame. We'll have to get him on the show. but. He goes off on some sort of adventure of some sort. I don't even know. But all I know is he comes back, and the uh, <laughs> 24 to 70 was less than desirable. So uh, it was dropped, and it got all busted up. So I had to send it off to a cannon, which it needed two new parts, and it needed to be balanced. So How much does that cost versus just buying <laughs> a new one? <laughs> let's not talk about okay. it. Okay. But let's just say... It was cheaper than buying a new one, but it was definitely not expensive enough to really address it with insurance. Okay. So it was, you know, it was in the hundreds of dollars. (laughs) I could have bought another lens, (laughs) but uh, it's all good. Accidents happen. No big deal. But uh, that's what happens, man. Sometimes you drop stuff. Yep, I'm sure next, now that I brought it up on the show, I'm going (laughs) to drop some shit. You know, I'm going to break, I'm going to break something um but uh so i had a, a question yeah. about the so
1: he said he had fiber which surprised me and i know that cincinnati has fiber do you have fiber in your office
0: i think we do yeah i'm not sure the it department takes care of that okay i have no clue so i was looking i feel for- like no matter what it's never as fast as they say it is they're like 100 megabytes per second you do a speed test and it's like 21 20- <laughs> <laughs> you're like huh what happened to the 100 megabytes per second it's like you get 100 megabytes per second when like the like a world event happens right like ufo sighting or like there's a spaceship in the air everyone turns off their computers and everything they go outside to look at the spaceship and you're the one guy at home online like maybe then the bandwidth is enough to where you get your 100 megabytes per second I don't ever see what they claim I'm supposed to get at my house or in our office. So, yeah, I think that whole that whole broadband is a is a hot mess. I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, I was looking for an office last year, and the, one of the biggest problems I ran into was internet speed at a lot of the places I looked at. Yeah, because uh, several of the buildings didn't even have um, cable internet; oh, it only had DSL, uh, DSL, um, yeah, DSL, um, which is faster than dial up, but not not cable at all and certainly not fiber. And like I, at the time I was doing, um, I was submitting between four and six commercials, um, uploading them to TV stations every month. I was like, this just isn't going to work for me because it already took long enough, with the internet I had, and that was cable. I was like, I'm not stepping down. And so like, I was actually thinking about getting an office in Cincinnati just for the fiber they had. And I was like, well, I'll just make up the time, the commute time just by upload times. But (laughs) decided against it eventually but
0: yeah yeah that's what happens man i don't i mean small markets you know you have your pros and your cons but it sounds like jp's found you know what works for him and uh it's great to hear that we got you know listeners and filmmakers out there from all over that you know are not just in new york or la or you know nashville but they're in you know lafayette you know they're in you know somewhere in the middle of you know wichita somewhere you know and um I think it's it's good that we can we can sit around the campfire together and sip on bourbon and, and talk about filmmaking and you know shit we like to watch and drink and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, speaking of, you watch anything cool? Um,
1: I just noticed that the next season of *Halt and Catch Fire* is available on Netflix. What is that? It's a um, a show that takes place in the early '80s in the big computer boom. And it's about um, tech company, uh, this like tech startup in the early '80s. And if you love,
0: it's a Netflix series.
1: I think it's AMC or it's not Netflix. Okay. Um, But the only thing we have in our house is Netflix and Hulu. So I got to wait until it comes Uh, to Netflix. And um, it's just really cool. It's shot. uh, I think it's shot well. It's very interesting story. Um, I love the characters on it and i just love the um the old 80s tech. Yes. Um, it's what i grew up with, so.
0: That's awesome, man. The um we've been watching a lot of uh, big little lies okay. on HBO, which is really good. It's got Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, um a lot of other people that you would recognize if you saw them character actors. Um and you're in this town in Monterey, California, you know, you're on the coast. It's beautiful. Visuals are gorgeous. And um not all as well in this town like something's about to go down and well something has gone down and they're kind of cutting between time so you got these people in a police briefing room you know kind of talking about you know things like well i didn't i never thought she was right you know i never thought she was all there you know she was always been a little too demanding and you don't know which girl they're talking about and somebody got murdered you know it's like it's something, all kind of coming a murder together. mystery yeah it's kind of it feels a little bit like um bloodline but like set on the coast and instead of a family it's like a community of people um, but it's good it's a really good show um, some interesting relationships uh, but the the intro is amazing The music is done by there's a singer songwriter I cannot pronounce his name um, let's see here but you guys need to check out his record it's it's pretty rad uh, Michael Kawanuka. Um is the guy um and he's pretty rad. His his record's called uh Cold Little Heart. Well the record's called Love and Hate. Love and Hate, but the song Cold Little Heart is the intro song to Big Little Liars. And it's it's worth watching the show just for the intro because you got these beautiful scenes of the Pacific Coast Highway, the Bigsby Bridge, and this song, and it's just like it's great. Um, it's, it's, you know, there's some shows you don't want to turn the intro off other shows. You want to fast forward through the intro, right? Mm-hmm. This one, you just, you just want to watch the intro. It's that good. So, um, it's kind of like house of cards, right? Like it's, it's like, I don't care if the show starts. I just want to watch the intro.
1: What do you think of the intro on, um, man in the high castle?
0: You know what? I have not actually seen that. It's on my list of shows to watch and I hear it's really good, but I haven't seen it yet. So okay. I don't have an opinion. Okay. I can't stand yet.
1: it, <laughs> but the I show's did, all right. I just I can't did stand not
0: like. I love the show, The Get Down, on Netflix because I love hip hop culture, but I hated the intro and I hate most of the motion graphics. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, uh, anything new with you? Anything exciting going on? Anything? Any projects? Anything? Worth
1: I'm talking about? wrapping up three PSAs that I really can't talk about yet. Nice. Um, and we just shot a. Uh, a proof of concept last weekend for a potential feature Sweet. this summer.
0: Feature? Man, that's a lot of invested time. Yep. Big time. I like that. All right. Cool, man. Um, well, we, uh, we're we going to keep plugging away on this show. It's the 81st episode, Frank. Yep. Um, so what do you want to do for the uh, two-year anniversary? Well, we thought about there's, there's two things happening. We have a two-year anniversary, but then there's the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. We kind of feel like the hundredth episode is the mark of, of it's like the thing. I agree. Right? Like it's yep. more, it's it's a milestone. Two years, yes, but a hundred episodes feels more like something you can put a, a stamp on. I don't know. We've talked about a couple things. We talked about, um, you know, doing a, a live stream show, live event somewhere. Um, where, where people come and hang out, uh, maybe some satellite sites that host uh, some watching parties, uh, some meetups, those sort of things. So I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're listening out there and you're interested, uh, connect with us on uh, Twitter, Instagram at ftbpodcast, ftbpodcast.com. Join the Slack group. Um, I think it could be a cool way for the community to connect. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, we, we got to get Alex back first. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> off doing something. Who knows what he's doing? Um, but yeah, hundred episodes is coming 81. It's pretty crazy. We started this show kind of just as uh, Hey, let's try it out. And here we are week after week after week and, you know, building a listenership and connecting with people like JP and Lafayette. Um, you know, we got, you know, people like firehouse. We've been, you know, out in, uh, LA, you know, guys like that. Um, that have been on the show and and a lot more that we're going to, you know, hopefully have on the show and talk to and and hear their perspective. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, if if we're creating a moment for filmmakers to on their commute or on their spare time, listen and feel connected, like they're not alone, like they, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're grinding just like everybody else. They've got the same struggles everybody else has. And I think it's worth doing. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep pushing. Yeah. So, But anyway, thanks for sitting in on the show, Frank. It's always good to have you in the booth. You always are working behind the scenes, but I appreciate that. Thanks to Bart, who's always behind the scenes, sometimes on the show. Uh, And Bart, the record's out, right? The record's officially out? The, The record is not officially out. I keep bringing up the record, and it's never out. So very soon, Talk the Band will be coming to you via the internets. So we will let you know when that happens and we'll have Bart back on the show. Talk about it to talk about talk. (laughs) Nice. All right, cool. So thanks for listening everybody. As always uh, go to iTunes and like, share, uh, rate, review that whole deal. We'd really, really appreciate that if you would do that. So, filmmakers drinking bourbon and uh if
1: you can just share with one of your filmmaking friends yeah that would go just one
0: just one one that's it it's just like hey have you ever heard of this podcast check it out if you don't mind do a rate and review for me yeah just one i like that because you never know one might turn into 100 all right so thanks so much guys for listening and cheers uh enjoy your bourbon and drive safely do not drink and drive Uh, But when you're sitting at home, enjoy your bourbon and drink safely. But don't try. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.